Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. The topic today is distraction. And what crazy COVID has placed me and by default a lot of us in a really unique position is that we're all likely to be sort of thinking, feeling or doing something really similar, if not identical things at the same time, which is super creepy but fascinating. So this is something that's really exciting for me, given that although people bring me their situations, unless I've actually experienced it, I offer only a safe place to navigate all the thoughts, feelings and reactions. But right now, if I feel something or just notice something and bring that up with people, I'm often met with, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm doing or that's exactly what I'm feeling or that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And like I said in our intro earlier in the week, it seems that the Tiger King and the like is very high on our list of discussions right now. But why? Well, the obvious reason we all know is that we are tucked away for the good of humanity, basically, but what is happening to us? Well, a lot of us are noticing how swiftly time moves when we aren't doing much or certainly not as much as we used to do. This is both a blessing and a curse. I don't think there was anyone in our society who was not feeling some type of burnout or overcommitted in some way. And what I noticed at the beginning of this time was that a lot of people were saying that they were having a rest and that they had finally begun to breathe. Even though they were worried about what was happening, they were just being able to rest. But have we been resting? Have we actually been resting or have we been distracting? So distraction is something we do without thinking. And it often takes up actually quite a big percentage of our day. And we all know that I don't do maths, so I'm not giving you any numbers. But whether we realise it or not, distraction takes up some of our day. So is it a curse or a blessing? Well, that depends. Because not giving your full attention to what we should be doing makes us miss miss deadlines, we fail classes, we crash into other drivers, you get the picture. It certainly has a price, but we do love our distractions, let's be honest. Social media, spectator sports, movies, books, TV shows, news, video games, friends, pubs, clubs, restaurants, what would we do without them? Well, you can probably all answer that question right now because most of us have just found out So there are benefits to distraction as evidenced by the fact that nearly everyone on earth seeks them out, even though they seem to pull us away from sometimes more important things. So what purpose do they serve? In a nutshell, distractions can ease pain. And if we're going to be honest, this time has been causing a ton of pain, mentally, emotionally, financially, physically, if you've got it. But The first three, full on, all of us have copped it, even kids to a degree. Although they're not feeling maybe the full physical, uh, 
financial pain, they know something's not right. They know that if you're in financial pain or if that is coming out of stress and they can see it, so thereby they are also feeling the mental and emotional pain. It's no wonder we've been Netflixing like no tomorrow. We haven't been able to do any of our usual coping mechanisms. TV, however, is flawed in its ability to distract long term. If you haven't done it, I have, where you've been watching something and before you know it, you've glazed over and you have to rewind. We start to wander. Our mind goes somewhere else. That's because our brains have a limited ability to focus. We cannot pay attention to everything around us all at once. So we have to choose what to focus on. Jamie, obviously you're wanting to choose to focus on me, which is beautiful, but you still need to go back to work. For example, we may choose to focus on work while struggling to resist more interesting distractions, hence the whole tips for working at home movement and the rise in Netflix subscriptions. But what if right now we've actually leveraged this biological limitation to our advantage and we've used this distraction as a powerful tool for reducing the impact or negative experiences? COVID has triggered an evolutionary primal fear response. It made us choose to focus our attention primarily on safety, on our own, on our loved ones, on our nation on our world. Now, let me give you an example. Children are notoriously anxious before surgery. Their levels of pre-op anxiety are known to reduce the effectiveness of anesthesia and increase recovery times. And apparently, we can't just give them more drugs, which is such a contradiction because that's exactly what we do with our adults. Anyway, that's another discussion. So doctors needed to find alternatives to sedative medications to keep children calm. They did a study where some groups of children were given anti-anxiety medication before the surgery. Another group played handheld video games. And a third group were given no medication, no video games, and just before surgery, nothing, nada, go on, you're having your tonsils out, good luck. Guess which one showed the decrease in anxiety? The ones who showed the decrease in anxiety were the kids in the video game. They were the only ones to show a decrease in the anxiety before the surgery, but they also um, needed less anesthesia during the surgery and suffered from fewer medication side effects after the surgery. Why? Because the video game proved effective as they distracted the children from the pain and uncertainty of the surgery. And the engaging nature of the video game helped them direct their attention away from their fear and towards the challenge of the game. So how does this fit into crazy COVID? Well, we've just seen that in some ways, distractions can make us better, literally. And maybe that's what Netflix did then. Distractions can help us cope with the pains of everyday life and technology plays a huge part in this, which is why it will never ever go away, but they will only work for a period of time. Research on how distractions can be used to control our urges and impulses 
show that certain games like Tetris or Candy Crush, for example, can actually help reduce cravings for fatty foods and even addictive drugs. It's thought that the cognitive demands of the games redirect our attention away from craving triggers. Who knew? Distractions can help us stay fit by taking our minds off the physical pain with music or television and can actually improve performance and endurance. And certain personal technologies can help us build our courage and can be a good way to boost a view of ourselves and therefore our confidence in our ability to overcome problems. Now, this is where we get to the crux of this matter and why I wanted to talk about distractions before I talk about self-care. A lot of you guys actually asked for information on self-care. Now, for those of you who have actually worked with me personally, you would have heard me say before, I listen to what is not being said. So for me, self-care is more, there's something underlying self-care and this is it. And bringing into awareness what is underneath greatly helps understand what is happening and why. And when you have your why, it then allows you to make a decision to shift behaviour. And this is the key, the ability to shift our attention. When are distractions destructive? Well, that depends on why and how you use them. So here's a great question. Do you distract? to escape your real life, or do you distract to make your real life better? Psychology has two modes for how we engage with distracting activities, self-suppression and self-expansion. Self-expression is using distractions to avoid negative experiences, while self-expansion is using distractions to promote positive ones. Sounds simple enough, but at times it's really hard to tell the difference between the two. The same activity that can be expansive for one person is suppressive for another. It all depends on why the person is engaging and for how long. So how can you tell if a distraction is good or bad for you? Well, first you need to ask yourself, why am I doing this? If your response is to avoid a negative feeling, such as because work is boring or I don't want to deal with anything right now, it's a personal favourite, the distraction may be self-suppressive. And I know we've already looked at the instances where distractions can be a really effective coping strategy. However, these are justified in that the distractions are used as a temporary solution. Once the patient is healed physically, they no longer require the escape from pain. The problems arise when distractions become a permanent escape from an uncomfortable reality. Temporary distractions used for too long may backfire because over time, self-suppression actually diminishes our sense of who we are, our sense of self, and we no longer are able to see ourselves as people who can effectively solve their own problems. So when we rely on pain-relieving distractions, be it personal technology, drugs or other escapes, we may never build our capacity to deal with painful situations, either physical or psychological. In contrast, self-expansive distractions involve achieving goals, building skills or 
learning new knowledge that can be used over the long time. These distractions can help us build uh, our bigger sense of self and improve ourselves overall. For example, answer to the questions, why am I doing this? That sound like I want to learn a new language or I want to build a bigger career network or I want to know more about my health or I want to improve my well-being are the kind of answers that are self-expansive. So using distractions with an expansive mindset helps build strengths while using them with a suppressive mindset simply shields you from a pain you are avoiding. Now, it's the latter that I want to consider these roles, want you to consider whether these roles play any distractions in your life. Because what if all the distractions that we've been using that are suddenly taken away, or actually all the things that you've been using that you might have think, thought were essential, maybe they've been distractions. Maybe we need to have a look at um, what that means. And if that's the case, we need to look at if the pain you're escaping is permanent, no distraction's ever going to heal it. You need to either learn new coping strategies or fundamentally fix what is broken. And when we think about personal distractions, we must ensure they continue to serve us, whether it's helping us get through a difficult time or helping us build and per, uh, amp some perseverance for the long term. Continually asking, why am I doing this, can help make sure that we make the most of our distractions because they're never going away. Now, an easy way to look at distractions comes in two groups. I'm just going to point out too, don't stress about writing these two groups down now because my amazing back team, back end team today, managed to put together a bonus handout for you guys, which you're going to find, I think, in the document section of this community page, which you can download. It's a little um, handout on distraction. So I'm going to talk about some of the distraction groups that you will fall into. What we don't always realise is naming them. And I'm a big thing for labelling things that help us understand why things affect us. Okay, so what are the names of distractions? They come in two groups. We've got hijacked and aimless and wandering and directed. Okay, so I'm going to go through and explain a little bit of each one and what you're going to find in the handout that's going to have a couple of little pictures that's going to show you what each item looks like or what each distraction looks like but I'm going to talk through a little bit. So the first one, hijacked. Hijacked is when you're here and what you need is over here and you start looking at it and then you end over with the shiny blinky thing in the corner, right? So you ought to be paying attention to whatever is you should be focused on. And for a while you were, but then your attention is captured by some shiny blinky thing on the left and you veer off course and you pay attention to that instead. For example, if you're driving, you take your eyes off the road because your phone tells you that someone's liked your last post 
or you're reading something and you get a notification that something is happening on the internet, then you've been hijacked because the shiny blinky thing may actually be designed to capture your attention or behave in ways that assume you should pay attention to whatever it is that it wants you. In other words, it's not accidental. So my favourite example of technology designed this way is Facebook. And sorry, I copped you with it when we sent out all those little alerts to say, V's going to be on, V's going to be on, constantly reminding you. Now, I'm not going to ask you to turn your notifications off, but there have been some uh, research done on this and the notifications are there purely to distract you because they need you to be looking at what they want you to look at. And that's the really important thing. Having your attention hijacked, you're still paying attention. You're just not paying attention to what you need to be paying attention to. Any parent who's had to pull their kids away from a video game or a television when they should be getting ready for dinner or doing their homework understands the power of this kind of distraction. It's not that the kid is failing to focus. It's that they're focused on the wrong thing at the wrong time. So this kind of distraction is not about being able to concentrate. It's about concentrating on the wrong thing at the wrong time. Then there's another kind of distraction, which is called aimless. And it looks a little bit like this. It is all over the place. In this case, you should be directing your attention to the object at the top. But instead, your attention just goes around randomly. This is what Buddhists call the monkey mind, the mind that never pays attention to anything for very long and just can't focus. So another example, you're in the car and you should be paying attention to the traffic, but instead your attention drifts off to a dozen other things or you should be reading something for work or for school, but instead you're mindlessly scrolling through your news feed or Insta. So as far as I can tell, nobody tries to promote aimless. Facebook, Twitter and Netflix, they don't gain anything by having you not be able to pay attention to them for any length of time. Aimless is a product of cognitive overload. It's of having too many different things competing for your attention and weighing on your mind. And this is possibly where a lot of people have sat in the last five weeks or initially in the first part of the time where we were just in a huge overload of things changing, coming. We just didn't know what was going on. So that's why Netflix worked. It was aimless. But eventually it starts to go wrong. And where it's taking us now is to the second group. The second group are slightly different. These ones are called mind-wandering and directed. These ones can lead us to ourselves if we open ourselves up to what our mind is wanting. So how does mind-wandering differ from the other forms of distraction? Because on paper, you'll see in the little pictures that we've put, we put up in the um, flyer, it's got a little box in and it still goes around in a bit of a loop but it's not actually heading anywhere. So in this instance, your attention isn't focused on anything in particular, but it doesn't need to be. You can safely let your thoughts go off on their own and spontaneously generate 
because you don't have something you need to concentrate on. So for example, if you're doing something completely automatic, like folding laundry or loading the dishwasher, you can pretty safely let your mind wander. It's in the absence of this goal and the absence of pressure to focus on something that distinguishes wandering from distraction rather than being a particular mental state. But psychologically, there's a really big difference between letting your mind drift and letting it be aimless, okay? Mind wandering is psychologically restorative and contributes to your creative energies in a way that hijacked attention and aimlessness do not. Mind wandering lets your conscious mind have a break while allowing your subconscious to keep working. It tests out combinations, tries out scenarios. It thinks about what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? What don't I like? Mind wandering isn't the opposite of focus. It's more like a complement to it. You need both to do good work, to be creative and productive and to have, you know, a good life. And that takes us to the last one, directed. And these two actually work together. This is when we find something, we focus on it and we stick with it, even if we don't love it. It can sometimes be called eating the frog. Do the big thing first and get it over with. Now, you can move between all of these forms of distraction. And that's why it's so tricky to know when one ends and one begins. So let's consider this. You, you've got a book, you're picking up your book. Minute one to seven, you direct your attention and you're completely focused on reading that book. Minute eight, your attention is hijacked by a push notification telling you that three people have liked your latest post. So you flick over to that and between minutes eight and 19 now, you scroll through your timeline. Minutes 20 to 131 is a post of a funny onion article which leads you to click aimlessly between articles about bad prom photos, the year's cutest kittens, a couple of dog videos, a GoPro ad and two kangaroos punching each other. Then minute 132 to 134 is try to finish the book that you were supposed to be finishing because now you've got an exam in class. And there is the whole gamut of distractions all in one. And that's how we apply it to our daily life in some form. But I want you to start applying it to more than just the daily grind. I want you to start looking at allowing mind wandering and really listen to where it heads. It means you might find something that you should be focusing on and direct your attention to it. Now this takes us back to the Tiger King. While the distractions worked initially to ease our fear and uncertainty, they've stopped working because our mind has been allowed to wander. The problem is that some of us don't like where our mind is wandering and the rest of our distractions have been removed, for a while at least anyway. And this is what I love. What if we didn't try to avoid where our mind took us? What if we started to look at where it wanders, to wanders to rather than avoid, even if we don't like what it's showing us? 
Because what if we looked at it and saw something and decided to focus on it rather than avoid it? And that brings us to our challenge. I want you to look at which group you fall into and be honest about it. If you fall into the first, which one is it? Own it and then take it and place it into the second. Ask yourself, what don't I want my mind wandering to see? And let's see where it takes you. You may be surprised. It may not take you down the murky path you think. What if it takes you out of somewhere you didn't want to be or gives you some solutions to a problem you couldn't see in the past? This task is for you personally, but if you feel you want to share it with the group, go right ahead. Be mindful of our space and be supportive. It's just a, a tool for you to start looking at getting a bit creative with your mind wandering and rather than you know art and pilates it's about looking inside and going what can i look at and see where it takes me so don't be afraid of it okay martha when i'm at work and i'm washing cutlery mind numbing where i often find solutions to problems that's exactly right and all of a sudden know where that particular item is that is abs it's more than normal it's absolutely essential i love it and when I realised this, I also realised too that I've done a lot of mind wandering. And do you know what the sad thing is? How often do we, well, maybe in my day, I'm not quite sure whether it still happens, but I've got a son who is probably an absolute genius mind wanderer. And guess what we throw at him? Will you stop daydreaming? Will you stop daydreaming and get on with what you have to do? which is really shitty. But now that I've realised, and, you know, don't get me wrong, there are times when he is off with the bloody fairies and he ain't mind-wandering and he's not um, focused either. He's just aimless. And that's the trick, figuring out which one you fall into because you will have a bit of a default. And often we default into aimless thinking that it's restorative, but it's actually not. And when you know the difference, it's really cool to be able to do that. Does mindfulness sabotage seeking out positive distractions? Well, that's a good question, Anna. And that's probably where I look at going, if we use mindfulness or meditation or anything external to promote looking within, then it's not sabotaging it. But if we're using it to uh, avoid looking within, then yes, anything can sabotage. Um, Anything can be used to sabotage when you don't want to look inside. But great question. Love it. Guys, you have been awesome tonight. Um, I haven't picked a topic next week. Well, we have. I was going to pick um, self-care, something along the lines of self-care. However, if something from here has popped up, and you think that you'd like me to talk about something else, feel free. The, the community group is always going to be open to you guys putting topics forward because we all know how much I love to have a chat and I can talk about anything really. So I really hope this was informative. I hope it answered your questions. And more importantly, I hope it gave you something to think about that is going to help your mind-wandering creative brain turn inside rather than look for Pilates on the outside. Thanks, guys.